the best podcast on the planet. This is probably is not Mike it, Winger's but, podcast. Um, <laughs> he was on with us a couple of weeks ago. But this is the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. <laughs> and we have fun oh. here. And so you, I think you'll enjoy this place, too. This, yeah. this podcast. Well, this is a podcast all about uh, where there's no experts here. So we're just walking through what we go through spiritually in our quiet mm-hmm. times and talk out loud. And just that if you feel behind in church ever, if the pastor says something or more than more than likely, it's it's not usually the pastor. It's somebody that makes an announcement and then references like some like, oh, the Balma Gilead. And then you're just like, oh, which one was that again? That's one of your favorite go tos. It's just a great when you talk about something from scripture that maybe you're not as familiar yeah. with. Carter's favorite is the balm of Gilead. It's a great one to reference. Yeah. But it, it basically it's talking about healing and ointment and that's what it's referencing in symbolism. But anyway, um, one of my favorite things, I will tell you right now, if you're a pastor and you're listening, it's when you tell me that you didn't realize that this was a thing. That what was a thing? You Oh, oh that anything. Like if they m- mess up. Because I don't know, there's, it's not because misery loves company per se. It's not like to that level. It's like, oh, they're a human being. Uh, give me an example. Well, I can't think of one. I haven't really heard a pastor mess up lately. But like if you reference a scripture, you're like, you know what? That wasn't the right scripture. It was this one. I don't know. It's, there's something that immediately puts me at ease going, it's okay mm. because Jesus Jesus sees our heart. He knows us backwards and forwards. And not that a pastor has ever gone, man, I want to look like I know it all. No, no, no. They work hard to prepare their messages. I know I'm a preacher's kid. Work hard to prepare your messages and make sure that, you know, you don't ever want to misinform or share something that's out of context with scripture or Mm -hmm. uh, that is not aligned with what God's truth is all about. So when we say we mess up, then we, uh, I think that's the point of this podcast is for those people yeah. who feel they don't know it all or, or you know, we don't know it all. Yeah. We're all, we're all just people. Oh, yeah. you, you messed up too. And um, yeah, I, I don't know. There's something refreshing about just the humanity of that kind of a moment. And I'm not just talking about necessarily. Yeah. If you, you mentioned, I, you know, this is a failure in my life. This is something that I have struggled with. Sometimes that's a connection point for me. When a pastor is bringing up a message at the the pulpit or, or again, if it's like they got something wrong trivia wise and I'm like, they're a person and they made a mistake. Sometimes when you let people see your flaws, that's Mm. when God is really can use you in their life because you're touchable, you're relatable, you know? So here's one thing that that this week is in. In my spiritual world of going, no, I think I used to feel this way, but I don't feel this way anymore. Okay. How do you, when somebody shows their flaws, but their ongoing flaws, not just okay. not, not just a one one time mess up, something they're choosing to do in sin. Okay. Whether unco- whether consciously or unconsciously. So it's not like they're biting their nails. You're saying no, like this yeah. is a sinful thing. Yeah. Okay. Maybe you should talk to your kids about biting their nails, but no, 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 no. Just a <laughs> sinful thing of somebody in your world. How do you um, broach your reaction? What, what should what should you say to them? How should you communicate with them if they're close enough to you? Okay. So, for example, I'm not going to go up to a stranger who's dressed inappropriately or something and go, you need to stop this. Like, I don't know that person. But if it's somebody in my world mm-hmm. that is doing something sinful, should I go talk to them about it? Uh, are you asking? Yeah. I, you always look to Jesus when you have tough questions. What did he do? The people that 
that were in his circle, the disciples, those that followed him, he'd call them out. Mm -hmm. He did it in love. And I think he was always appropriate because they kept following him. Like if they felt somehow like he did it in an ugly, vicious way, I think they would have been like, see ya, bye. Mm -hmm. But they followed him for three years and they knew that he was the son of God. And those are the same guys that wrote he was without sin. You know, they, they verified what was prophesied. And so, okay, so we know he's a good guy. Better than that, he's the son of God. Mm-hmm. And yet, when Peter would, you know, walk outside that boundary line, Jesus would say, look, you don't know what spirit you are or get thee behind me, Satan. And he said at one point when Peter was like, no, 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 your place and purpose is not to die right. for us. You know, yeah. Jesus like, nah. So there were definitely times where he he would talk to them and lovingly. Thomas, after he rose from the dead, we've shared this multiple times on our podcast about his doubt in just saying, look, you're not where I want you to be in terms of belief and faith because blessed are those who have not seen and still believe they're blessed. Uh, so all of that to say, you better make sure, though, when you are poised to have that conversation with a loved one, that you are in the right spirit and frame of mind mm. to share and that it's his timing, God's timing, and not your own timing. Yeah, I think that's really good. Uh, you know, we've talked about before that a lot of times the world will say, Bible says not to judge. No, 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 no. It says don't judge in the way that is so harsh where you are coming off as you're better than them and that you're judging in a way where you're saying, I haven't done anything wrong before. But making yeah. a judgment call is a, is a different story. And so I'm going to bring up this article. I don't want to say where it's from because I guess, honestly, two reasons. I don't want to offend them, but at the same time, I don't also don't want people to read it <laughs> because it's just like it really frustrated me that it was written by a pastor. Now we're all going to be like looking. You can I'll, I'll send it to you independently. I'm going to random article that's frustrating written was, by a pastor. It was, it was a pretty big publication, and I'm like, okay. I think his example was what's terrible because this is what he had to say, and some of it is, some of it is truthful. Somehow we have come to the belief that our Christian duty is to tell people about their moral decisions, that speaking truth in love was telling people where they're messing up. But speaking the truth in love is about demonstrating truth by your love and loving people by walking in the truth. I think that's partially true. Yeah. Yeah, I do, too. Absolutely. We should live our faith. And actually, you gain more trust that way with people. If you're living alongside a person and you're living in faith yeah. and they see it in action, then they'll probably be more apt to sit with you and talk with you about this Jesus. No, nobody's going to take you seriously if you're living a crazy lifestyle and sure. then telling them they shouldn't live a crazy lifestyle. But I don't think that's the only This is the, the example that he gave was he was counseling this guy and his adult daughter, this guy's adult daughter was doing something sinful. Mm. And he told this man, you don't need to have that conversation with her. She, you just need to love her and just, just work through it. She's an adult. You don't have to call her out on her sin. Well, Carter had me read the article, and one of the things that stood out to me was she already knows where your stance is in regards to this sin. That's what the pastor told the guy, yeah. So you don't need to readdress. For me, that, that brings up red flags, Carter, because I'm thinking you're not saying anything makes it feel, well, did it lessen in my father's eyes? Is it mm. not a problem for him anymore? It almost justifies or rather can help enable right her her lack of conviction over such a sinful activity yeah i i I, 
it's very frustrating to me because a lot of times you see, uh, for example, with with it's that way with politics is a great example. It's usually one choice or the other. And, you know, people use the term vote for the lesser of two evils. Well, it's only with one of two options. That's all we got. And we've applied that principle to this situation. Well, truth and love, uh, you know, you better not say anything so you can love them. Because if you say something, apparently you're shoving it down their throat and being fire and brimstone. If you ever say anything to anybody that you love, that they're doing something wrong. Like uh, there's no in between apparently with people's options, especially with this guy's options, that you either just have to show love by saying nothing or or you're just going to yell at him, be one of those Christians. There is a balance in the middle here. Like if your friend is, uh, uh, interventions are a perfect example. If your friend has a drug addiction and- and you just, well, they know how I feel about it. They're going off a cliff and you're not going to try to help. That's mm-hmm. that's what you're saying. And it's not just this. I mean, this is an example, right? Because I think a lot of us, I think I was there to some degree 10 years ago. I think college, right out of college, it was, we, sh- I, I, we shouldn't be those Christians that preach from the streets and get in people's faces and yell and uh, to some some degree, it's just so situational. I, I, I definitely agree to, to some degree about that still. But your own daughter, uh, the own there are people in our lives that we love and we are going. We love them. Of course, we're going to speak in love. We got to be honest and bold with them. Yeah. God put them in your circle for a reason. Yeah. And so, again, if you're concerned about, well, what will they say when I say this? That's a very human concern, mm-hmm. and that means you're also wanting to be sensitive Yep. so that you don't so ostracize them with the way that you your response is to their behavior or whatever, you know, because uh, nobody wants to be around somebody who holds them at arm's length. Yeah, yeah. I, we're saying, yeah. I think Carter and I are saying, embrace the person. Of course. Clearly not the sin. Embrace the person, and while holding on to them in love, say, baby, I want you to be more than what you have become mm-hmm. because God sees you at a stage. He's already, he has purpose for your life. It's more than this. And you can say that in love. And once you've stated it, you know, it's up to, I think, again, that's up to your prayer closet. Go to Jesus and say, do you need me to restate it? Because you've said it, you've made it clear. You might not, but maybe you bring it up every once in a while. Maybe you don't bring it up ever again, but I think certainly you got to say, you can't, control their actions. Mm-hmm. You know, that should not be on us. But I think when it's somebody that we love mm-hmm. and we're representing Jesus and be like, this, this is not for your best. I promise you. It's kind of a no brainer. I think for some cultures, like I, and I don't want to classify all Hispanic cultures because my husband's, you know, my husband is his own family. And I know that uh, some of my Hispanic friends don't do life the way my husband's family does it. Mm-hmm. But very outspoken, mm. my husband's family, in wanting to cover each other and love each other. And if that means speak harshly because there's concern, then they'll have it out at, mm. privately, but they'll do it, you know, at the kitchen table, the dining room table where you fellowship and eat. And that's usually where most of the stuff gets done. I think most households across the world, we, yeah. we do it at dinner time, you know? Right, yeah. But uh, I, I definitely know from experiences as a white woman that there is not as much, I mean, you're probably like, not my home, especially if you're sitting there and you're thinking, no, no, we're white and we have no problem saying how we feel. Mm-hmm. But I grew up in a house that was very, very sensitive. And I was very blessed to have a father who wanted to tread carefully. 
You never questioned where you stood with him because he was always very careful. But he did pray before broaching subjects and topics with you that you may might get defensive about. Mm -hmm. Rochelle, I see you going down this path and I just wanted to talk with you. But there was incredible sensitivity. And and so I would imagine that there are a lot of homes that maybe are so sensitive that they don't even we don't even talk about it. Mm -hmm. You know, so depending on the culture you're raised in. But I want to be a part of the Jesus culture, period, whatever that looks like for you. Uh, not talking race, not talking ethnicity, obviously. I'm just talking about the Jesus culture being what did Jesus do? And we could trace back and look at what he did. He he fellowshiped with people of every creed. He loved them. He embraced them. And then he would invite them to be a part of what he was doing. And that would require aligning themselves with who he was. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't okay that Zacchaeus stayed a thief as a tax collector. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, he need there there needed to be something that said, I'm repentant of where I've been. This is what I've done, and this isn't okay anymore. I want to do something. And so Zacchaeus pays back the people that he robbed many times over, and it's like incredible redemption experience. But those Jesus encountered people and he loved them where they were. Yeah. But there was always a growth that could come afterwards and he would encourage that growth. I don't want you to stay a baby. I want to get you to college. I want to get you, you know, to these upper levels of management. Mm -hmm. That's what he's thinking about in kingdom terms. Well, and with Paul in the New Testament, writing to different groups of people in different, you know, cities, uh, Told, told him flat out, you got to do this and you need to do this. And was, yeah. you know, even, I don't know, maybe it can come across as harsh. Not but, sugar-coated. <laughs> but not sugar-coated, certainly. But it was in love. Sure. Because, and, and that's the thing you see in culture today. Well, I can I can do that. Jesus still loves me. Well, yeah, Jesus still loves you. Sure. Yes. And he doesn't want you to do that anymore. Yeah. And that goes for any of us. Certainly oh, no. if we mess up a couple times on something, but especially something that's habitual that we just hang on to. It's any example with your own child. They're doing something they shouldn't be doing. You love them. Absolutely. It's unconditional. They keep doing the wrong thing. It's not okay for them. You know that. You see their future. If they don't stop doing it, that's a problem. Um, And that's why this example astounded me. Yeah. That that somebody would say to a dad, don't, you know what? She knows how you feel. Just, just love her. Well, both. A, a comment about this is not God's best for you is love. Again, this dad specifically, like in her childhood, made it clear what his stance was. But hadn't had but, that conversation lately. Exactly. Now she's an adult and she's doing the thing that he had said, this is not okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's telling him, you don't have to tell her anything because you've already said it before. Yeah. And I, I think also, you know, when it comes to having these sensitive conversations, truth in love, and also only involve the people it really impacts. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's, um, let's say it's a family of four, she has a brother, and then, of course, mom's involved too. Yeah, maybe the brother needs to know, maybe not. Certainly the mom needs to know. He doesn't need to go, dad doesn't need to go to one of her college friends and go, hey, uh, here's what's going on. No, like, it. we don't need to bring in extra people. We don't need to, you know, gossip about it on Facebook. But these direct conversations can mm-hmm. be tough, but they need to be direct and personal and pull aside type of thing. It, the Bible says, go to that person. Yeah. And I love, you know, we were talking earlier about when pastors make mistakes and they say it from the pulpit and kind of makes you go, oh, they're a human being that God has showed them a different path. And mm-hmm. they've, they've been through the journey that maybe you even relate to. If you've struggled, I think it's really important to have those conversations with your children, too, and say, look, I've 
I've learned from my own mistakes. Mm. Paul, when he was direct, like you said, maybe not so much sugarcoated, he, like we spoke about last week, we talked about one of the most famous uh, passages of Scripture, 1 Corinthians 13, is called the love chapter. It's What is love? If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but if I have not love, it's that chapter, mm-hmm. if you're familiar with it. Um, it's beautiful, but some of it is pretty direct, and you think, well, how did he know? How did he know not to do that or to do that? And I will tell you, is it dimes to donuts or dollars to donuts? I don't know what's a saying. The point is, <laughs> he went through a personal experience. God journeyed with him, showed him the error of his ways, and he was able to arrive on the other side of that and go, ah, now I know what love looks like. It's not what I did back there. Mm. It's the opposite of that. And isn't that true from all of our experiences? We know not to do some, some things because we've experienced it in a negative light. And we're like, okay, well, we've got to learn from our mistakes. It's okay to share from yep. those places. Yeah. Yeah. And now I'm hungry for donuts. But yes. Dimes yes. to donuts? I don't know. I don't know. But that's, oh my word. It's that's a- fascinating to me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah. Yesterday I was reading about offense and was reading about which one picket iron security security <laughs> offense oh okay offense the bait of satan i've heard it said is a book written about it uh when you get offended immediately uh, this is how i feel everything becomes askew my perspective my Perception of the person who offended me. Mm. Oh, I bet they were thinking this when they did that. Oh, yeah. I bet they were this and this and that. And how dare they? And I do remember that one thing a while back. I bet that's what they were talking about. And Uh, like uh. you start building this fictional story and you start buying into it. And the enemy's like, oh, this is delicious. He eats it up like breakfast cereal. He Mm. loves it when we get offended. And that allows him to, well, it allows him to come into the picture. You know, I've, if you're wearing the armor of God, there's this incredible visual of you wearing that armor of God, you're protected. But he's, he's always looking for a chink in the armor. And that gives him an in when you allow yourself to get offended. There's a difference between saying, mm, that does not set well with me. And I need to address this with another individual but I need to do it in a way that allows them a moment to kind of come to the table and explain what they meant by something. Say, hey, I, I received your text message the other day, and I have to say I wasn't quite clear on what you meant. Would you mind telling me what you meant? And then after they're done, if what you assumed was correct, was correct, then maybe you talk it out with them, right? Yeah. But you start to assume things and presume, boy, you get yourself into mess. Have you ever seen one of those it's been on a million different ways on, you know, high school shows and high school dramas. And the guys are sitting there at the lunch table, staring all the way across the lunchroom at the girls and like, oh, they're laughing at us. They're all embarrassing. Oh, they're laughing at us. And then they show a close up of the girls and they're like, so what do you want to do for dinner? Like yeah. they're not even talking about it. They're looking at some emoji cat or something. Yeah. 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 And Look it's like, cute. these guys are wasting their time <laughs> thinking that they're embarrassed and now they're mad and now they're, and I've done that so many times, even in marriage sure. of like, hmm. I know I should do that. I know I should. And then later oh, yeah. in the day, she didn't do that at all, or she had a good reason to do that. Like, it's just, why do we waste our time? This is kind of mm-hmm. one of those goes to worry. Why waste our time worrying? Yes. 
and letting us and when just have the conversation, get it out of the way. And if you're in disagreement, that then there's a whole other avenue. But likely you're not mm-hmm. to at least as bad as bad as you thought. Paul was talking about uh, in this particular passage about the devil holding you captive. Um, and it literally it's like a trapped animal. Like he's got you in a cage. He's got you exactly where you, he wants you with thought and everything. You may not even realize maybe there you're in a situation right now where you have been so offended and you are angry. Even if you've not dreamt it, like, you know, for a fact that this person did this thing to you. And yet it takes you down this path of bitterness that has nothing holy at the other side of it. Mm. Nothing good can come from it. And God wants to, he wants you on the path of grace and forgiveness because that is what leads to him. And that in turn, anybody following you will then be walking in that direction now too with grace and forgiveness. And that's where we need to be living And imagine how excited the enemy is when he can divide households Mm. and churches because of one moment where you were offended. Mm. And instead of grabbing it by the bullhorn to say, okay, no, no, no. In Jesus' name, I choose not to be offended. I'm going to do this the right way. Take it to the actual individual, all that stuff. Um, Man, I don't want to give him any leeway. And he will take what you perceive to be true and twist it. Oh, yeah. He's been good at that since the beginning. I'm reminded of a difficult coworker I had at my last job. And I think that you could easily, most people easily could say, this person always wants their way. And it's because dot, dot, dot. He hates me. He has it out for me. He is a selfish jerk that's not actually a Christian. He, and, and there's the twisting of truth, right? Mm-hmm. Because this individual was hard to get along with. I mean, that, that was just pretty much fact. But, but why? And that's where the twisting of truth comes into our, each of our minds that worked with them. And we have this false narrative now mm-hmm. because we're letting Satan get to it. Maybe the reason was because he had a hard childhood. Maybe the reason is because nobody's called him on it before. Maybe the reason is, and maybe he loves all of us, but this he doesn't realize how he comes off. Some of those people, sometimes you call them out on it and they're like, I, everybody thinks this, I didn't know this. I'm so sorry. And then they reflect and like, if nobody said anything in a loving way, they wouldn't have changed. And so we just, this internal frustration that we just let get at us is ridiculous. So how do you get past it? Well, certainly pray, um, sometimes approach them in a loving way. And if all else fails, eat donuts. Um, I think I <laughs> adhere to all of those things. <laughs> I probably start with the donuts because the other two are more likely to work. <laughs> <laughs> when in doubt, eat donuts. The gospel according to a baker. <laughs>